Hello, children. Hi. Welcome to Basics Mitches. Welcome. I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Tara. We are recording today from our south office of the Basics Mitches compound, which is Tara's house, which I've never been to until today. Yes. This house. Welcome. I've been to other houses of hers. <laughs> she has many houses. And today we are discussing chapter 32 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Through the Fire by Shaka Khan. <laughs> Out of the fire. <laughs> So yeah, we are in Canton, Ohio today. We are drinking wine from coffee mugs. Yes. Because I can't reach the wine glasses. <laughs> it's pretty good. It smells good too. This is my favorite cheap Sauvignon Blanc. It's Starborough. Sponsor us. Sponsor us, please. Also, bonus, I don't have to get out a corkscrew to open it. Always a bonus. That's always a it's bonus. It's usually like 10, 11 bucks, mm. you know, and it's one that you can find at drugstores. Like, you know how you pop into a drugstore, you got to get like one thing. And you're like, I, I can also get wine. Get wine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Maybe, is that just me? That can't just be me. I think that's everybody. <laughs> it's everybody with anywhere with all about them. Fun fact, Tara lives an hour from my house. I do. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> For a couple of months, then I'm going to be moving again to my own place. Somewhere very close to Adam, probably. And within a 10, 15 minute drive. That would be amazing. Probably mostly for you, but. <laughs> yeah, because I also work an hour and 10 minutes from my house, so. But when I signed this lease, I only worked 38 minutes from here and it was wonderful. And my roommate is wonderful. This apartment is wonderful. The landlord is amazing. The cost is incredible. I will be lucky if I pay double what I pay right now. And it is a nice part of Canton. It's in a very nice neighborhood. Yeah. There were all these like Tudor houses on the way here. I was like, damn, Tudor's rich. And then, <laughs> then I pulled up to this house and I was like. <laughs> He's also on a brick street. I feel like that's fancy. It's fancy. It's lovely. And I'm happy that Sharon will not be in school full time when I leave. So she'll be able to handle all the rent on her own. I will miss my very cheap rent by sharing with someone an apartment that is already way cheaper than it should be. But it's awesome. As I was driving here, I will say, I was like, fuck, I love Trev. You know this, <laughs> y'all know this. You is Tara, y'all is y'all. <laughs> and as I was on the way here, I was like, fuck, an hour? Usually when I drive an hour, I want there to be like a hotel room or the or a party or an opportunity to drink wine in a field for several hours or concert. Can you drink wine? For a couple hours. We can, but we're not in a field. We should go to Gervasi Vineyard one day. Oh, I thought you were just going to say right now. Like, okay, let's take a field trip. Not right now, because I have a show tonight. Basic Snitches recording sponsored by Gervasi Vineyard. <laughs> or, obviously, a vaccine. Because the last time I was down in this That's area. true. Ish? I don't even know no, if it's No, you went east. This is southeast. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't know anything around, like, the Akron Canton area at all. It's fine. A special thanks to our patrons as always. Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Nicole, Olivia, and Raph. As always, we appreciate all of you. And you can join that list. I feel like I might say this at least every two episodes, but we haven't had somebody join us for a while. So come and join us. There's a lot of fun there. Exclusive content every single week. Be acknowledged in every single episode. And if you join us at our $5 or $10 here, there's so much more for you to enjoy. Go to patreon.com slash basic snitches. Things. Okay, so the last chapter, if anyone remembers, because for us it always feels like it's been ages. For you guys, it's been a week. So the last chapter was Owls, and a winner and loser of the chapter. 
pretty sure we can all guess who the loser of the chapter is. Yes, we can. Yes, we don't even need... She who <laughs> must not be named. Yeah. Okay, and um, the winner of the chapter is McGonagall. Oh. I give her the win because she unabashedly was like, nah, I will fucking defend Hagrid. Does not end well for her. And they almost kill her. The stakes are being raised prior to the end of the chapter where the stakes are being raised even more. We're hitting this place in the book and it's go. There's going to be more and more stakes coming. Stakes. Mm, I was going to say just like that. I would like hey, it. you want to order some steaks? <laughs> Sitting here in your fucking basement drinking this wine and eating steaks in these two chairs. I feel like that would be us <laughs> as two old men. I wrote a thing. <laughs> you did. And I'm going to read it. Cool. <laughs> a thing for Tara. Reeling from his nightmare, seeing Sirius being attacked at the Department of Mysteries, he's off to find Ron and Hermione. When he finds them, he is in complete panic, urging for a way to go see Sirius, despite McGuh being at St. Mungo's, per Quen Pom Pom, meaning that all members of the Order are now gone from Hogwarts. Hermione and somewhat Ron try to reason with Harry in kind of a backward fashion, not the place nor time, before settling on checking number 12 Grimmauld Place in the fire and showed Lady's office. They devise a quick plan using Ginny and Luna, but it all for naught as Pink Chode Lady was prepared this time. That's right, she had a full body condom. Get it, showed. It's now, a very tiny one. It's, it's very it's, tiny. It's like the one for like, you barely have dick. <laughs> That's like what it says on that. I don't know that from experience. Mm. Just FYI. I'm just gonna, yeah, let that go. <laughs> Uh, just kidding, more like some security spells and some Nazi youth, you know, the essentials. Chode Lady pulls Harry out of the fire, where he only saw Creature anyway, intent on interrogating him, while the magical painting of Chaka Khan in the corner stops singing and scoffs at Chode Lady. That's a joke I'll never let die. She, Chode Lady, not Quen Chaka, summons Snape for more Veritaserum, who says that she used the last on Harry and the next batch will take the next month's moon cycle. So she put him on probation. Gee, showed Lady not heeding the instructions of a teacher, or the potions master. Let's be honest, I think we are all determined that he should be on probation for being a teacher by this book, but he is great at brewing potions, you can't deny that. We're really even understanding how these keep key potions work, yet being in charge of a curriculum? Wow, what a surprise. So it's time to resolve to even more violence. Chode Lady is about to use the Cruciatus Curse, saying whatever my lovely Fudge Packer doesn't know won't hurt him. Yeah, that's exactly what she said when her greasy pink knob last went into his caving castle. And admits to trying to murder Harry with Dementors at the beginning of this book. Wow, you really were that rancid we all knew you were, weren't you? If you didn't think she could become any more unhinged, think again. She's so unhinged that that door's fallen off ages ago, and by that door, I mean her <laughs> bag. She's just oozing shit wherever she goes. You went there. Is that it? Is that the no. End? Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, that's what I am. Whoa, whoa. I mean, okay. Hermione then does the best thing she's done in this book so far and creates a bait and switch, saying she'll lead Chode Lady to the so-called weapon they've been building. Chode Lady takes the bait, and they're off to see the Grops and the most wonderful Sagittariuses of all. They're off to yeah. see the Grops and the most wonderful Sagittariuses of all. That's yes. why I ran it that way. I love it. Although those Sagittariuses are kind of assholes. They kind of The are. best Sagittarius the best is in the school. Best Sagittarius is right here. Well, right yes, and he's in the school. Yeah. Yes. So are you the greasy knob or the gaping chasm? Ew. I want nothing to do with either of those humans. <laughs> They're the worst. Those are our new drag names. Although, <laughs> I did come up with another drag name that I really, really love. And uh -huh. it's Liz... Anya, like A N Y A. Yeah. That would be actually I really could see you being like 
<laughs> like walking into the room and I'm not here to make friends, bitch. And then it cuts to your confessional and you're like, hi, I'm Liz Anya and I'm here to, <laughs> to, to sauce the competition. I don't know. Some pasta joke. I don't have any good pasta jokes. I'm here to spaghet that crown, bitch. Spaghetti that crap. Uh, never mind. At the beginning, before we get into some disappointing things or some frightening things, etc., we do start with Professor Tofty being such a sweetheart. I once love again. Professor Tofty. And then, of course, we get to see Pomfrey for the first time in this book. Because <laughs> right. in all of them. Harry hasn't gotten hurt yet, this book. So yes. He's been sent to the hospital wing, I think, already once. And he's like, nah, bitch. Of course, we do get confirmation <clears throat> that my gut is gone. And we're sad. The other thing that I had written down here is about the dream <clears throat> that, as we covered in the last episode, <clears throat> was actually a fake out. Like, it's not really that Sirius is being attacked. Right. In the last episode, we were discussing with Sarah... We were trying to figure out, and it's not clear. The last one that was published. Yeah, it was yeah. published. It was actually really cool that we were that these are aligning. Yeah. Because that's one was published was where we were talking about legitimacy and occupancy and how this particular magic works. Because this, again, is not something that is covered or even mentioned. Mm. And whether or not that's part of what legitimacy can do, because we're assuming that that must be what it can do, that is not at all, you know, like when Snape is teaching Harry the whole time, teaching is you know a loose word he's like well you know then he can get into your mind like he's not saying he can plant false images in your mind no one is saying this to him right right you know so based on his most previous experience with having dreams why shouldn't he think this right is real? yeah and i was actually getting a lot of flashbacks to that episode which was with jeff i'll look back into all 500 of his medical guests that we've had this season <laughs> um and in that one we had issues with dumbledore and how he like reacted to the whole thing. He was very calm. He was very methodical. Whereas Harry here is, I think, a little bit more reacting in the way of, oh, this is serious. This is right. <laughs> This is serious. <laughs> it's serious. That is the first time we've done that joke, maybe, where I'm like, it is serious and it is serious. It's serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's serious. Come on. It's so great. <laughs> um, so, thinking back to that and how Harry and Ron are reacting to Harry being like, okay, let's calm down. We don't even know if it's true. Can you fucking blame Harry? No, like, not at all. So then the other thing, which is goes back to what you had said about when we were recording with Sarah, is... Actually, you said the solution in that episode, too. So we had already established that it's not occlumency, legitimacy, all of that, that there's this connection that they have. So why now is Voldemort like, ah, I can plant these images in his head. And obviously, like you said in that episode, it's because of what happened with Arthur. Clearly, if they were able to get to Arthur in time and everything, Voldemort's going to catch wind of that. And so now he knows that Harry is a seeing these images. Yeah. Correct? I think so. I mean, they had to put it together because Voldemort's not an idiot. Mm. Although he definitely does some very stupid things. You're right. I think that they had that point and that he's caught wind. And I personally think he uses a completely different type of magic to do this to I Harry. Think so, yeah. But we don't know because he's not aware of the connection outside of this mental thing. Like he doesn't know why yet because he hasn't heard the prophecy. He doesn't understand all of that other stuff. He doesn't know what Harry's a spoiler accident full horcrux. 
I don't know if this is maybe more just this is something he can try. You know, his mind is easy to penetrate. What if I tried to do this? Yeah. My thought then, because by this point, obviously, they have tried all of these different ways to get the prophecy. I forgot his name, but rest in peace, the guy who got murdered by oh, yeah. Devil Stare. Bode? Bode. 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 It is Bode. Yes. Yeah. They've tried him, they've tried all this other stuff, so now perhaps it is, okay, it's about Harry, let's get Harry to come in here and get it. And I think that that's actually something that they had been told. Voldemort was, like, trying to find a way around it with this other guy, or with, like, trying to get Lucius or whoever... Like, it has to be him or Harry. And he's like, well, I have to do something. Yeah. Now, Hermione does make a really good point here that it's in the middle of the day. That was kind of surprising to me that I hadn't <clears throat> thought about that. Because yeah. the way that Hermione treats Harry here is a little bit like Hermione in this book. And she, I think she does turn around in this chapter. And I'm like, ah, here's old Hermione to an extent. Yeah. I'm really hard on Hermione in this book. And in general, because sometimes I think that she's written too perfectly. So I find that sometimes I'm a little harder on her than I probably should be because, you know, she is a great character. This is just how Hermione knows how to operate. And I don't know that she's being a bad friend. I think that she, there's a part of her that's just scared that this could be true. And maybe holding on to the part of her that's like logical and is like, well, maybe we can find out that it's not true. And that this isn't something we have to panic about, you know? I guess too, like when you think of all the other adventures that they've had to, up to this point because we definitely get there with Hermione we have the big monologue by Harry and then everyone's like okay it's action time yeah which happens every single book <laughs> in, se in, in season one yes in season one of this podcast <laughs> and in book one basically they're trying to catch Snape mm -hmm. from stealing that stone because they think that Snape's the bad guy they don't know it's Voldemort in the second book bitch is petrified in the third book Voldemort isn't a, really a thing Right. You know, book four, nobody expected that. This is the first time where they're going into the situation, knowing that Voldemort is at the end of the line. Probably. Oh, yeah. They spend this entire school year on Ed because they know he's out there. It's kind of in the same place where we were when Hagrid got back and we were thinking about the fact that, like, Hagrid has already been in the midst of it. Everyone is waiting for it to happen, you know? Like, they're just waiting for that other shoe to drop. And everyone else who wants to believe Fudge and all of them is not worried. Yeah. You know, so there's chilling. there's that divide there. So no one, I think, is shocked that we've hit this point. Yeah. We're scared, but we're not shocked. Like you said, maybe it shows a little bit of cowardice at... Hermione's part of like, oh my god, here we are. Like, I don't know that it's cowardice. I think that it's a desperation. And I don't think desperation is cowardly. I think, or denial? I think denial is a great word. You know how if you like want something to happen or you don't want something to happen. And it's usually a thing that you're like, this is going to happen. This is inevitable. Mm -hmm. But like there's a tiny chance that it could go the way you want it to go. You're going to hold on to yeah. that. And Hermione, who is always the most rational thinker of all of them, I think her instinct is Mr. Weasley being attacked by that snake and them being able to go right to Dumbledore and have that be handled was the thing that could happen because Dumbledore was there. And now their resources. They have no one. Yeah. They have no resources. They're terrified. And this is serious. This is Harry's <laughs> guardian. And I was like, which kind of serious? <laughs> the, that is the name of this fucking <laughs> episode, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Not that Mr. Weasley isn't as important as Sirius or anything like that. This is a snake attacking Mr. Weasley when we have the resources of right. Dumbledore. This is now Sirius being tortured by Voldemort and no resources. It's a different well, level for them. The only other thing that I will critique Hermione on before moving forward to <laughs> her being actually the one to be like, we have to use Umbridge's fire, is when she's like, you have a saving people thing. 
maybe that's not how she meant it, but it comes off it, kind of, you know. You cliche. know what? I think that is how she meant it, but not in like a cruel way in a we have to make Harry see this, but the timing is wrong there. And that is such a fine line to follow when they bring up the whole thing with like Gabrielle and Harry pulling her out of the lake too. The intensity of being under the water and, and Harry's even having the inner monologue. Like they don't, they weren't there. Right. Like Ron and Hermione were asleep. They weren't there to see what he and Victor yeah. and Cedric saw when they were down there. Harry is seeing his two best friends, a small child and, and a girl he likes, but a classmate basically dead underwater. He knows they're not, but still the idea that they could be stuck there is terrifying. And so this little girl who doesn't have someone pull her out of the water. I'm sorry, if Cedric were the last person down there and he had come upon it in a different route than Harry because Harry is just very anxious about it. And he comes down to see his best friend. Like every person down there besides Gabrielle means something to him. And I'm not saying that Cedric and Victor are terrible people. I would imagine that if Cedric got down there and it was just Gabrielle and Cho hanging down there and we're hitting the end of the time and he knows Fleur's not coming. Do you think that he, yeah. I don't know, we're not in Cedric's head. Harry's not a bad guy for wanting to do that. No. So what this makes me think of because y'all know I'm a true crime fan too. There's so many instances of, you know, something is happening in broad daylight where someone is being an asshole, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know what? Place and time. There are definitely instances where it's like, you know what? This is none of my business. But if somebody is being harassed or beat up or clearly in trouble and needing help from someone, there are these studies of people walking by and not doing anything mm -hmm. and thinking like, well, that's not my problem. That's not my thing. But Harry is clearly not that kind of person. Harry no. is someone who wants to help. There's nothing wrong with that now. Does Hermione end up being right? Yes. <laughs> but... Absolutely. I think when you look at all of the evidence here, yes, the elements surrounding it of there's no resources, no Dumbledore's, no McGuff, that makes it much more heightened. But at the end of the day, the evidence shows that Sirius is being tortured by Voldemort and this happened already. So you have that to back it up. I do think like after we've talked through it, it is some of that like, oh my God, this is go time and it's a very serious go time and she's like in denial and whatnot but right. now luckily she does come around and she's like well let's devise this plan yeah and she's great there you know yeah I do not like and a lot of this happens in the next chapter too but I do not like how the trio is very much like oh I don't want to deal with Luna and Ginny right now and then oh wait they can help this is a high pressure situation first of all Ginny has been through some shit we've already right. talked about and that. there's no part of us that would believe otherwise about Neville and Luna, honestly. But we'll talk about that more in that chapter. Yeah, yeah, because we haven't seen them in go time quite as much. But I mean, there are some instances, especially with Neville. I just don't like how they're there. They've been here in the Dumbledore's army. They've been some mm -hmm. of your biggest supporters. If they're here and they want to help and they know everything that's going on, despite what you might think about it being the little sister and the right. Looney Lovegood. Yeah, no, on. we'll definitely talk more about that in the next chapter yeah. when it's yeah. happening. What I will say also is when I get to this chapter in this book, I always go, what would have happened if they had not gone? Right. Obviously, we know at the end of the day that Sirius wouldn't be dead and this wouldn't have happened and all of that. But how would Harry have handled however long until McGonagall came back or he came to his realization that Snape is there and he could, you know, go to him for help or he finds a way to sneak into the Forbidden Forest and get a hold of someone else like Lupin. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how he literally survived because I think that he would have gone mad. I don't think there was ever an option for them not to go uh -huh. until they get a confirmation 
confirmation. How do they get a confirmation? I mean, even, again, this is the next chapter, but how do they even get the fuck out of the woods, you know? They're in the middle of the Forbidden Forest without really knowing the path out based on how things happen. More on that in the next episode. (laughs) But I don't know. It's a good thing that they came through. Luna says something about stubby boardmen, and I was like, what the fuck? And I just was like, it's a Luna thing. Oh, yes. Remember when Harry and Arthur went to the ministry? Think it is Kingsley gives Arthur that magazine article and says show this to Sirius. And it's it's a quibbler. It's an article about how this woman believes that Sirius Black was innocent. Oh, yeah. He's actually like the lead singer of this band and his name was Stubby Boardman. That's right. Yes. We've gotten several of those now. <laughs> that they're callbacks to things that haven't happened earlier. It's like the most minute detail in this fucking gigantic book. But anyways, they devised this plan. Clearly, the twins had planned theirs out a lot more. And, you know, again, things have changed. Unfortunately, Pink Joe Lady has, you know, some extra safeguards. Yeah. The big thing, of course, that is an issue is that they already know where Peeves is, so they can't use I know. Peeves. It's I know. Like too bad. And it was a thrown together plan. You yeah. Know? They had to act fast, and it is what it is. And as amazing as Hermione is at plans, she's not a troublemaker. And honestly, neither are Harry and Ron. They are just people who fall into that place. Yeah. None of them have any idea how to do real schemes. Yeah. Well, we'll get more into what Hermione does at the end of the episode, which I think is even more of a bigger turnaround for her. While they aren't at least able to plan out things, and like, this is an interesting theme. Planning in this book, clearly, I don't think is anybody's strong suit. We've talked about, like, in the last episode, how, like, Ernie Mac was like, I studied for 10 hours. I'm like, that's not good planning, honey. That's not something to... You're a mess. Right. But even like stuff like the fucking homework planners that she gets them that are absolutely bullshit tools that just yell at you planning throughout (laughs) this book has definitely been a theme and they might not be great at it at the end of the day but they are good at thinking on their feet and like Mm -hmm. acting and we'll get more into that with what Hermione does of course but I mean it's no shock they set up this elaborate plan they go into Umbridge's office he sticks his head in the fire Creature's there being a fucker. Creature's not great in this chapter. The fact that he's like, serious, will not be back. Me and mother, alone again. It's fucking Bates Hotel bullshit. Right. That at least shows me, and we've already gotten some of that. There was like the hint of like Bellatrix Lestrange in his grubby little bedroom and stuff. But clearly Creature is kind of there while all this stuff is happening. Yeah. Creature knows things and Creature is being used and we will learn about that at the end of the book. Yeah. But her creature was used in this. They do Hermione's plan, and even though Chode interrupts it, he gets confirmation that Sirius isn't there. Now, it's actually a lie, but the way that creature works and the way that, why wouldn't, like, there's literally no reason to not believe him, I think. So does Harry. (laughs) Let's go. Bitch is there and uh, she has all of her goons rounding everyone up and they're... Yeah. The way the pink show lady pulls him out and has all this Nazi youth and every single one of them has them in a headlock and they're being as violent and aggressive as possible. No shit. I mean, we We've kind of seen it coming to this point. Go fetch Snape. And fucking Draco's, you know, spinning Harry's wand around. Draco can't have anybody in a headlock, you know. He's like this big. He's as big as the chode that Umbridge has. <laughs> Snape comes up. Bitch, we already used up all the Veritaserum. I thought I told you to give Harry only two fucking drops. That should be enough. What the hell right? you do with it? You're like, wait, what? What if she did and she used that Veritaserum elsewhere? I mean, we had talked about... Cho's friend, 
Um, Marietta. Marietta. I wanted to call her Marchbanks. I'm like, no, Marchbanks is, we like Marchbanks. I mean, Marietta's fine too, but she is sneak. It's possible that they could have used Veritaserum on her, you know? Right. That, and then maybe it faded off or something like that. I like the idea of her using it in other ways too, rather than just dumping the whole thing in the coffee. Right. I mean, that probably would have poisoned him. There's that, because it definitely feels like poisoning in the moment. The other thing, of course, is just Umbridge thinks she knows better. Her does. So many, it's just like the typical Karen. I can just like picture Snape being like, okay, here's how you use this. It's very, very specific. And then her just being like, well, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Not thinking about the consequences. And even, you know, not knowing like how this kind of key potion that has come up in the series multiple times is created. If they have polyjuice potion on their owls, which we know that they do Mm -hmm. at this point. Yes, we do. How do we know that Veritaserum isn't in there? These are key things about the curriculum that you were trying to change. And you don't even understand You don't know that. any of it. You're the worst. She's so ill-fit to do this. But, I mean, we've known that now for years and years at this point. And then, well, you're on probation. You're doing this on purpose. You're having a fucking tantrum. The first time that I read this, I remember being like, wow, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I fucking hate Snape. I feel like Snape is kind of a fine whatever. Like, fuck this. Like, like, I just imagine that is exactly what he thinks. This is the highest level of unhinged that she could possibly get. I think I made a joke about it in my thing, about her being unhinged. The power has gotten too strong. She has pushed this stuff on these people. I've been saying this for episodes now. When she gets pushed back, she keeps making it worse and worse and worse. And here we are now where she is absolutely insane about to use the Cruciatus curse on students in front of other students. Honey, there are at least six students in this room. A... Either six students under your watch get fucked up from the Cruciatus curse, or one of them at least doesn't get fucked up and is able to say basically what happened. Like, what is your plan? Are you going to kill all these students? Because I'm obviously not talking about the Slytherins because they're not going to say anything against Pink Joe Lady. Right. It's like, what the fuck, man? And then this is where we learn about the Dementors, like you'd said at this point ages ago at the beginning of this book. The fact that it happens right there at the very beginning without you knowing it just shows. I mean, we all know that she's rancid, but she's been rancid from the very fucking beginning, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, what else do we have to say about her? I uh, mean, she's the fucking worst. It doesn't really matter. She truly, truly is. Like, I know we say that all the time. This person is the worst. That person is the worst. I mean, I think we know who the worst is. She is the worst. It's like you said, she literally just lost her fucking mind at this point. Yeah. If she had one to the beginning. I don't think she had one, but yeah. I agree. I agree. It's, look at her. She's a big blob. Her brain is probably like rice pudding. That's really rude to rice pudding. Well, yeah, rice pudding's the nastiest pudding, so that's why I said I it. mean, it's not great, <laughs> but someone likes it. Yeah, if they live in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> if you like rice pudding and you're listening to this podcast, please email us and try to sell us what rice pudding. Because if I'm given any other dessert, <laughs> hold on, let me make sure that's true. Because I'm like, yeah, probably any other dessert. Rice pudding? I'm sure there's something out there that is for dessert that I don't like. But but of course, then this is Hermione's shining moment in the book, I would say. She definitely gets to it after Harry is about to be tortured. Her instincts are just... Uh, nope, we cannot have this happen. You know what I'm saying? Hermione would not at all be okay with watching any of her friends. Any person in that room be tortured, except for maybe Umbridge. But like, even if it were Malfoy, even if 
Cho would be like, I'm going to torture Malfoy until he answer like... <laughs> Fine. Hermione, but Hermione, being Hermione, would be like, no, we can't let that happen, you know? So, right. but of course it's Harry, who is her best friend. She has to think so fast. And she does it pretty convincingly. Convincing to anyone who doesn't bother to know her because everyone's terrible. I see that Harry, like, catches on yeah. to her acting and is like, the okay, all right, you know. I feel like Harry has been in professor offices just doing a lot of, okay, I guess we're going with this. The whole fucking book. The whole fucking series. <laughs> series? Harry's like, I guess we're going with all this. All right, I guess I'll put my face in this pool of cum. <laughs> et cetera. And Harry, that's like base level. How is Harry alive? <laughs> We love Harry. He's well, precious. But the answer to that is that there's a chunk of a dead <laughs> demon man in him. So that's why. But yeah, so Hermione does her whole like, um, well, we're trying to get a hold of Dumbledore to tell him that this weapon is ready. And, and like Umbridge is just set off. Hermione knows her motivations like so well, you know? She does. She does. Hermione is really good at reading into people sometimes, particularly sometimes. Umbridge. Yeah. But Umbridge does not really hide who the fuck she is. Right. Hermione is just a person who's smart enough to pay attention to the nuances of that. So my question is, if you're reading for the first time and you are seeing this, because I was reading and I was like, yeah, you go girl, finally. What do you think Hermione is alluding to? Is it the Grops? Is it the Sagittarius's? Is it something else? Because obviously when I read it this time, I was like, the grops. But as we learn, it's more of a Sagittarius thing. So the first time I read it, I am pretty certain that my brain was, I don't think she knows. I think that she is just trying to get to the next place mm -hmm. as they're moving through the forest, which we read in the next chapter. Harry's like, where the fuck are we going? Because she doesn't know and they where they're their headed. Wands and stuff yeah, they don't have their wands. And I, I honestly think that Hermione is like, I have to do something that will hopefully save someone yeah. at this point. Like, I think there's a lot. I mean, as smart as this is and as well as she, as she does it, there's still that level of desperation because she doesn't know. I mean, she has no control over what would happen in the forest, but if she can get umbrage into the forest maybe something can happen that they can figure it out and maybe she's thinking that well if they're in the forest maybe sprout will hear us maybe if grubbly plank is here now maybe she'll hear us you know oh my god what if grubbly plank has a little hut in the oh my god grubbly first plank. of all poor grubbly plank like, <laughs> get yourself a house somewhere else i think grubbly plank has like she probably Hogsmeade. owns the nicest house in hogsmeade i like that yeah i like that that's canon. <laughs> but also, what if it was Grubbly Plank that just came out of the blue? You'd be like, what the fuck like, is going on out here? And she's like, oh, I see you with Umbridge. Bang, shoots Umbridge. <laughs> Umbridge is dead. <laughs> Come into my little cottage. We'll have tea. <laughs> That's how the book ends. Right. That would be great, too. And she's like, oh, you're worried about Sirius? Hang on. Beep, bop, boop. She has an iPhone. <laughs> I know this is the 90s, whatever. She has a razor. <laughs> and she's <laughs> She's like, Sirius is fine. Let's just, <laughs> just chill out here for a little bit. That's how the book ends. Oh my god. Listen, oh. I love me a good like person you weren't thinking about coming in and being like, here I am, bitches. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. Maybe that's, like, that's Dobby in the final book. That's so. all of every single book almost. Right. Someone at the end, oh, you're the villain. Oh, you're right? the asshole. Not this book. We know who the assholes are in this book. Right. But then Grubbly Plank saves the day. Right. Oh, I love it. But yes, I really honestly don't know yeah. what Hermione's thought process was I think it was really just we need to get her away from everyone else yeah. because she actually said I'll take you like it is it is Umbridge that says oh Harry should come too so like at this point I think Hermione is just like if I can get 
people away, Harry will think of something. Yeah. So when I read it, I was like, it's the crops. But that is the movies coloring my, my thought, of course. <laughs> However, like, Umbridge is a big bitch. Like, the little picture in the next chapter, she looks like the giant peach. Okay. <laughs> She's gigantic. And the, the book, I don't think at, ever, like, colors it that way. And, of course, Imelda Staunton is nowhere near that size. But if we're going based on just that, she a big bitch. She ain't going to survive if she goes in the forest. So the thought is, if they go into the forest, it's fine. I wonder if <clears> I'm... <throat> I almost said her name. Pink Show Lady. I almost wonder... I may have said her name already anyways, but anytime I can stop myself... I almost wonder if her thought process is the same. Like, these are two stupid kids. If they're in the forest, I want Harry dead anyways. Hermione's collateral oh, yeah. damage. I don't care about killing my gut, obviously. Whoever it is, I'm going to wipe people out. Oh, yeah. You know? So maybe that is what both of their thoughts were. Because if that thick hoe is going in the, in the... I was about to say the office. If that, if that <laughs> big, juicy hoe... Is going in the forest. There are spiders in there who would love to eat that lady. There are. <laughs> there are many other creatures that are probably the same way. There are Sagittariuses. There's a giant. You go in the forest, you die. As they say on My Favorite Murder, stay out of the forest. Which what? is ironic because we both like going into the forest. Yeah. I do like being in the forest. Me too. I can't wait to go. Today would have been a good day to um, go in the forest. Yeah. As long as there aren't ticks, I'm totally into it. Or so, giant spiders. Or giant spiders. <laughs> you know. Fucking spiders. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the chapter... She's like, all right, well, you'll show me, bitch. And then she tells all the asshole Nazi children to be like, don't let them escape. You know, as she says those words, that those four are like, oh, we're fucking escaping. You got 100. <laughs> What's your game, baby? Okay, my game is a short quiz. Okay. I quizzed you last time. Now it's my turn to get quiz. The last quiz I did from you, though, I did fucking horrible at. It was the Weasley quiz. <laughs> so, we'll see. Well, this one is two questions. It's only two questions. Okay. The first question is, name two potions that are mentioned in this chapter. Veritaserum? I'm just going to say Polyjuice Potion. I'm sure that's not true, but... This is kind of like an unfair question, but it's something that Snape mentions. When Harry's yelling at him, he says, if I want gibberish thrown at me, I'll give you a babbling oh. beverage. Oh, is that what it is? Babbling beverage? Ba a babbling beverage. I was. Oh, I thought that was like a cocktail, not a potion. I mean, if it's Snape's... <gasps> I just Technically, like, cocktails are potions. <laughs> oh, give me some potion. Uh, yes, let's go to a potion place <laughs> after this. You gotta sing. So the other question is, when they are all standing around Umbridge's office... And everyone is being trapped or held onto by another person. We know that Umbridge has Harry. Uh huh. There are three other named Slytherins who have a hold of Arthur Golden, who who is holding onto another lady. No, you have to say Hermione. who they're holding. Yeah. Okay. Warrington. Mm -hmm. Cassius Warrington. In mm -hmm. fact, he's holding onto let's say Neville. Okay. Is that right? No, not right. Okay. That one's holding onto uh, Ron. Okay. It's like, okay, and then it's either crab or goyle, but I think it's crab. It's crab. And crab is holding on to Neville. Yes. Because ain't nobody holding Luna, because Luna's like, I'm good. Luna has an unnamed person. Yeah. She's not giving any. And then Ginny has an unnamed person. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, maybe he'll forget who Warrington is. Oh, no, I know, because points are coming up, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> 
So. But that one I was prepared for. I was not prepared for the babbling thing. I was going to say a potion bar, but that's just a bar. <laughs> no one says, let's go to a cocktail bar. I mean, there's all types of bars now. There's like a bar, a hair dye bar. There's a candle bar. Everyone wants to call things bars to try to get the alcoholics. As long as there's alcohol, I'm coming. Sometimes there's no alcohol. I'm not going. So we didn't watch the movie, but that you guys know that by this point. Yeah. Um, but just a quick recollection of the things that happened in the movie. Well, he faints in the courtyard, and they're like, yeah. "Go time. We get guy get. Let's. I think they flu powder is what they are thinking of in the movie, right? To get there. No. Fuck this movie. They still go to the forest, so we'll obviously know about this one next chapter. I think they're just talking about how they would get there. Well, they definitely go into Umbridge's office. Yes. For sure. I know this doesn't happen in the movie, but there is that, like, meme of, like, the video game character that it's, like, a PC game or something, and I know I've already mentioned on the podcast, where Umbridge comes in and bitch slaps Harry. I remember more about that video game I've never played than the movie <laughs> at this point. Because... Even the first time, I didn't really say this before, but the first time when they went in before the twins escaped, I was like, this is very tense. Yeah. And so this time, it didn't feel as tense to me because it's almost like it's already happened. And so now I'm like, okay, clearly they are in that office and Umbridge comes in to get them. She's like, I'm going to use the Cruciatus curse on you. And something, ha- I, and I'm sure her mind, it's the similar. But then I'm like, how do they get out of the forest? Because in this case, it's like a combo of grops and... Yeah. But that's for the next episode. Yeah, we will be, and we will be talking more about the movie. In the final. In the final, because fuck this movie. In the final. We're saying that like this is a tennis championship. (laughs) Uh, We don't know what happens in this movie. Because this movie movie is... is we're so annoyed by we this movie. Up. I'm annoyed by Order of the Phoenix at this point. After this recording session, we got four chapters left, and then we're done, and we can move on. And we got Slughorn, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, we love him. So uh, things happen in the movie that are similar to the book, but probably not perfect, because it's a movie, let's be honest. That's no. my hot take on the movie. <laughs> that's all. Uh, that's that's all. all I have. Okay, movie yeah. sucks, probably. That's so that's the movie. We really phoned it in this time. We pho- like this movie. I'm just so frustrated with this movie. Yeah. Because I don't know where to start, and everything has been like thrown together. And as a movie, it's actually not a bad movie. I agree. So that's why we want to give it an actual real watch that, and, and really an analysis. Like here's that. my difference between this movie and the last movie. The <laughs> last movie, I liked the book. Even though they fucked at the movie, it was easier to follow along because I at least liked the story and the progression. I am fucking over Pink Chode. I am fucking over this book. Like, I cannot wait to move on to the next season. These are still going to be fun episodes. Don't get me wrong, because we're funny. But I can't even be bothered at this point. I don't want to look at Umbridge. I don't want to think about Umbridge. I don't want to read about Umbridge. Thankfully, after the next episode, we don't really have to do that. Again, until she pops up in the seventh book or something. But whatever, something happened in the movie. So I'm giving 10 points to Professor Tofty and Pomfrey at the beginning because we like them. They're two of the adults that we actually like. They're left at Hogwarts at this point. There are other ones, Sprout, Flitwick, but those aren't, they aren't here right now. Ron, Ginny, Luna, and Neville for obvious reasons too because they're helping along with this plan that doesn't really go anywhere. And then I'm giving 20 to Hermione. So this is the one time where it's like, okay, Hermione's back. She is thinking on her feet. She gets them out of there. That's the catalyst to move us on to murdering the pink chode. None to Harry here because it's, I mean, 
He doesn't really do anything. He doesn't really do anything. Also, not to Snape. Snape came in, and at first I was going to be like, ah, points to Snape. And then I was, he was kind of a dick to Harry, and I'm like, Snape didn't really do anything either. So whatever, not to Snape. He doesn't even get a warning, but I felt like I needed to bring doesn't that up. Because he's like the only character in this chapter that I don't give or take away points from, other than Harry. Negative 20 to Draco, Crab, Goyle. I know that Goyle probably wasn't mentioned here, but I'm taking them away from him anyway. He's somewhere he's in the chapter. There. Yeah. Millicent Bulstrode and Cassius Warrington and Creature. Creature's a dick. And he negative sucks. 500 from Chode. <laughs> that might be the most I've ever taken away. It might ever. be the most. But she was like, I was trying to kill you from the beginning. Now I'm going to torture all y'all. She's unhinged. She's insane. And she's going to die soon. Well, those are my points. I love it. Next time. We, we are, are doing chapter 33. Fight and Fight flight. Fight and flight. There's somebody here. Oh, yes. As in Sharon must be back. I hear people in your house. <laughs> it's their house, too. Yeah. That's happening next time. Come listen to us for that. And, uh... Yeah, I think that's that's, that's all we all. have to say. So we're still bad at finishing episodes. Still bad at endings, and yeah, but we're cute. Sure, sometimes. <laughs>Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out!